The views and opinions expressed on the 10-8 podcast are those of the authors and guests individually. They do not necessarily reflect an official policy or position. The 10-8 podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not affiliated with any entity, agency, or department. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to yet another rip-roaring adventure of the 10 Podcast, the show where everything is made up and the points don't matter. Wait. No, that's a different show. My bad. Um, on today's show, we have a fella from the great state of Minnesota. His name is Craig. He is a small-town cop who works overnight. He does everything myself and other police officers do on a daily basis. He suits up, he goes to work, and he protects and serves his community. However... Craig has something different that most police officers don't have. Craig has Tourette's Syndrome. Now, if you're like me, when I first started following the self-proclaimed Tourette's cop, I had one preconceived notion of what someone with Tourette's Syndrome is like. You know, the loud and vulgar outbursts and the obscene gestures. Well, in just a few moments, we will learn all about Tourette's and how it actually varies and how Craig handles it in his day-to-day life. But first, we're going to talk about leadership and how to make your squad or your subordinates more efficient. Now, I'm not a supervisor. In the future, uh, I will be having some supervisors like Captain Tom Rizzo and Under Sheriff Kevin Malone come on, and we're going to go into this in much more detail. But for now, let me just throw out my opinion, and we'll get those wheels in your head turning. Supervisors, if you don't value your team members... They will not value their work. They will wonder, what's the point of putting out all this effort to only be stepped over and overlooked time and time again? Supervisors, if the only time we talk is so you can criticize my work, not train, but criticize, then what's the point? Why am I going to go above and beyond, or attempt to, when it's going to get shot down? Meanwhile, someone else is getting the exact opposite treatment that may or may not be deserving. Here's how it is. Speaking for any subordinate officer out there, I don't need you, my supervisor, to be my cheerleader. Don't be on the sides rah-rahing for me and, you know, telling me I'm great when I'm not. But what I do need is that when I'm doing well, tell me that. Hey, if, uh, if I'm really putting out good work and good effort, throw me a bone. You know, start start facilitating and, and um, rewarding that good work. And when I'm not, then train me so I can be better. If you're not happy with the way um, my work is coming out and the product that I am producing, 
Let me know that. Tell me how I can be better. Don't just criticize me and let me be better. And if not, then we'll address it a different way. But at least take that step. Don't just be like, oh, that guy's garbage. But of course, this all falls on deaf ears. Favoritism, nepotism, the good old boy system is the biggest plague in our profession. It needs to stop. It needs to. Now, before I get completely off of my soapbox, I want to revisit uh, my good friend, not really, not yet, maybe one day, Henry Rollins. You will find in your life that sometimes your great ambitions will be momentarily stymied, thwarted, marginalized by those who were perhaps luckier, where more doors opened, to where an ease and confidence in life was almost a birthright, where for you, it was a very hard climb. Okay, that happens all the time. Some of the greatest Americans, some of the greatest thinkers, artists, architects, politicians, and other movers, shakers, and creators all over the world have come from very meager beginnings. Your humility has been tried, your patience has been tried, your resolve and your ambition has been tried. You cannot let these people make you feel that you have in any way been dwarfed or outclassed. You must really go for your own and realize how short life is. You got what you got, so you got to make the most of it. You really can't spend a whole lot of time worrying about his. You really have to go for your own. If you have an idea of what you want to do in your future, you must go at it with almost monastic obsession. You have to go at it single-mindedly and let nothing get in your way. All the people you admire, they work and work and work. It is very, very easy, though, to feel smaller, to feel less than. When you see, see people with an advantage, walk where you struggle who have ease of motion where you are constricted. It can be a real shot to your morale. Like, it can be flummoxing to a degree where you're almost paralytic. You got to keep picking yourself up and reaching for it. And that's the long and short of it. All right, well, enough of that. Um, if you want to hear my conversation with supervisors and about supervisors and how to be a better supervisor to your subordinates, Keep your eyes peeled to the show schedule uh, the beginning of next year or next month even. Um, I got a couple things in the motion and we'll be sure to ruffle some feathers and, you know, really get people thinking about how they should treat their crew. All right, now on to the rest of the show. Um, this is not an episode about supervisors. I put a poll up. I said, did you guys want to hear about supervisors or me talk about drug addicts? And you guys chose supervisors, so we're going to talk about drug addicts later. Not this episode, later in the future. But for now, we're going to go on to the real portion of the show. Here comes my great conversation with Craig, also known as the Tourette's Cop. With you, I wanna wake up feeling tired. 
Don't change the show. A liar, a liar. Hold yourself up higher and higher. I'm the fight of the things you want to say. I'll turn them all down and you have yourself to fall. I'll make it loud. All right, all right, and welcome back. And joining me is going to be Tourette's Cobb. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? <laughs> Not too bad. How was your week? Ah, uh, pretty good. I've had two days off in the last seven, and I got four more to go. And okay. barely sleeping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're working nights. Yep. Yep. Working nights. So, uh, yeah, I woke up early for this. Oh well, I really appreciate it. Oh, not a problem. <laughs> the uh, the other day that we had planned, it would literally be the night before the episode would come out, and I was like, "That's just cutting it close for me." So right. <laughs> I've done an entire episode in a day, but that's just, I I prefer not to. I like having things kind of planned out in advance. Exactly, especially if something went wrong or something, you'd be up all night. And... Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think I I think that day is a work day for me, so that wouldn't I I had to move it. Um, right. But anyway, uh, welcome and thank you for joining me today. No problem. So we'll, we'll start with uh, the easiest question of them all, uh, the, the start of every interview in the world. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I guess online I go by Tretz Cop. <laughs> Otherwise, just for ease of, of uh, talking everything, my name is Craig. Um, that's about the only part of my name I divulge. Um, been a police officer. <laughs> for a little over a decade now um work in minnesota and uh just switched departments uh beginning of 2019 so i've been at a, another department since then and just living the cop life i guess working nice. overnights <laughs> now do you guys work 12 hours eight hours <laughs> so ours is a little different and we would like to see it change so in order to get our 80 hours Monday through Thursday is 11 hour shifts and then Friday through Sunday is 12 hour shifts. That's weird. And then that gets us the the 80 hours in the two week pay period. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Oh. Yeah. So ours is a little different. So first off we get paid weekly, but oh, nice. yeah, so that's good. But in order to, with days off and everything we do two on two off and then every other three day weekend we work. Um, okay. So, for example, I'm off this weekend, but next weekend I'll work Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then it just kind of rotates that way. So the the way that kind of works, though, is one week you're going to have Sundays and then you're going to have Wednesday, Thursday. So you're going to be missing a day of work. So then they have to they give you automatically overtime to um, okay. built into your paycheck. So, yeah, it's not too bad. Um, so I guess we're going to start with your your internet handle Tourette's cop um right so so go ahead tell us about uh Tourette's syndrome and and all that all that jazz oh geez there there is so much i can talk about that so you can cut in uh any time <laughs> but uh Tourette's syndrome is a, a neurological disorder that um most generally is uh hereditary <laughs> so for me it's uh from my dad's side of the family <laughs> Um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that. Um, I think like one parent or both parents could have just the recessive gene and then just <laughs> out of all their kids, one of them may have it um, without anybody in their family ever having it. <clears throat> uh, so for me, it was, uh, like I said, my dad's side of the family. And I was actually the only 
only kid. I have a, an older sister and a younger brother, so I'm the, I'm the middle child. <laughs> and I was the only one out of the three that ended up having um, full-blown Tourette syndrome. Okay. Um, my dad had a, has a tick disorder, and I have uh, cousins and uncles and stuff that have Tourette syndrome or, or tick disorders <laughs> uh, as well. Um, I think I started noticing, right, the, the first time I remember uh, what I was doing <clears throat> wasn't quote-unquote normal. Mm-hmm. was probably around eight or nine. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I was ticking before then. I just, yeah. you know, that young, you're not realizing or understanding what's what's happening. <laughs> and that's just been my normal <clears throat> for so long that it just, it was, I was used to it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was in school. I was actually in the library uh, at the at the elementary school. And uh, one of my classmates had told me, it's like, why are you blinking so much? <laughs> you know, so to me, I was like, I didn't understand that. I'm just like, I'm, I'm just blinking. That's like, right. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's how I normally do it. You know, so that was kind of like the first time where I was like, I was self-conscious about blinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, all, all through my childhood, <clears throat> my tics were actually never as bad as what they are now. Okay. Um, I had a lot of facial tics. I had uh, shoulder tics. <laughs> um, um, my vocal tics weren't were, were something that uh, wasn't too bad. Um, and I was such a shy, quiet kid that <clears throat> I was able to kind of suppress them during school, uh, so it, they weren't noticeable. But <clears throat> once I got home, then my family got to <clears throat> enjoy all my noises. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So. <clears throat> All through school, you know, like I said, I, I've always had them, but they weren't as, like I said, they weren't as constant and they weren't as, I guess, noticeable. I mean, I think people saw them and noticed them, but didn't really care or see them as something that was, that was odd for the most part. <laughs> but I mean, I, I still remember sitting in the classroom and just fighting the urge to scream. <laughs> And not knowing why, and just thinking that was normal. <laughs> you know, yeah, I just thought it's yeah. like, oh, just everybody dealt with this because it's not something that I ever, you know, talked about. Um, you know, because because growing up, I was told at a young age you have Tourette syndrome. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I never, yeah. <laughs> I, I never knew what that was. I mean, it was never really <laughs> explained to me in a way that I like fully understood what that meant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I just you know, continued ticking and doing my thing, never fully understanding, you know, the full scope of, of what Tourette's syndrome was. And it wasn't until later in life, like my, my thirties, uh, before I really kind of started looking into it, understanding more and more what it is. And then also then going back and just like, oh, okay, that's why I was doing this and this at a younger age. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And all that. Becoming a little bit more self-aware. In right. retrospect. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, once I graduated high school and I was <clears throat> on my way into college, uh, I made a, a poor choice and started to uh, smoke cigarettes. Okay. <laughs> and unbeknownst to me, it was a very slow process, <laughs> but it suppressed my ticks. It suppressed my ticks to the point where I was I was barely ticking. <laughs> and <clears throat> you know, and again at that time because I just wasn't aware of what Tretzinger was, it wasn't something I acknowledged even in myself because I was so self unaware of it. Mm-hmm. I, di- I didn't notice that slope, that slow descent into <clears throat> really not ticking. 
And it wasn't until just a few years ago, I decided to start getting healthy and I was going to, I quit smoking <laughs> and I was using the, the nicotine gum to help curb my cravings and it was working. And it got to the point where I was just chewing one piece a day. <laughs> well, at that point, I'm just like, I just feel like I'm chewing this just for the sake of chewing gum. Yeah. Right. So, <clears throat> so I, I stopped it. And, <clears throat> and three days later, uh, my, my physical tics just came back hard. Okay. Like it, was, it was just constant. I had like my, my arm stretching tick was going crazy. I mean, it was to the point where I was icing my elbows because oh, it was wow. just, the strain I was putting on them was just so constant. It was just, I mean, it was just pain for, for, for days on end. So I was freaking out because mm -hmm. I had no idea what was happening and why, right, and right. why that was happening. You know, and then it was probably about two weeks after that, <laughs> then my, my vocal tics came and like new vocal tics and they were constant and they were loud. And, <laughs> you know, at that point, then I was really freaking out. I was like, I have no idea what's going on and, and why my tics are coming back and why new tics are coming back. So I, uh, I scheduled an appointment with a, uh, with a neurologist, which I had to go to my prayer primary doctor first to get a referral to go to a neurologist. Oh, of course, who can give you a, another specialist. And yeah, so on. Yeah, right. <laughs> So I ended up doing that. And uh, before my, my first appointment with the neurologist, um, I was talking to my mom uh, over the phone just uh, for something unrelated. And I <clears throat> brought up, you know, all my tics and everything. And she's the one that says, well, do you think maybe it has to do with you quitting smoking? <laughs> you know, and then, you know, a huge light bulb went off in my head. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what? That's probably why. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so when I was talking with, with the neurologist, um, you know, he even said, you know, nicotine affects people, you know, differently, uh, even with Tourette syndrome. <laughs> Some people it uh, will help suppress ticks, other people it won't. <laughs> and apparently for me, uh, when I had started smoking, it did suppress my ticks. <laughs> so I tried a. A, a bunch of different medications, um, you know, just something just to help suppress my tics, and and none of them are working. Their mm -hmm. their, their side effects were were some some things that I, I just couldn't deal with, especially as a police officer. I mean, they made me really groggy and sleepy, and you know, and just things that just really weren't advantageous for for the type of of, of work I do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so the next step he wanted me to try were were antipsychotics, <laughs> and those were the types of medications that I just made a personal choice. <laughs> that I just wasn't going to do. Right, I, just feel yeah. like, I just feel like my, my Tourette syndrome wasn't severe enough to, to warrant those types of medications. And I could live with being ticky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's what I did. And that's kind of where I'm at in regards to uh, the neurologist. <clears throat> and it was um, multiple months after that. I'm just going really, really fast, kind of explaining all this timeline. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. No, <laughs> It was uh, probably about November, December of 2018, and uh, <clears throat> Officer Daniels and I have uh, been friends since uh, the Vine days. Okay. And uh, he uh, approached me and <clears throat> and asked if uh, I'd be willing to um, start doing social media um, just because I have something unique. <laughs> you know, you don't really hear of police officers <clears throat> with Tread syndrome. Right. Absolutely. You know, and I. I said no at first, just because like I was still coming to terms with it myself and 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 putting yourself out there <laughs> for I mean literally the whole world to see was, was something that was really 
scary. I mean, it just, yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't know if I could, could handle that and, and do things like that. <laughs> um, but then a couple months later, it was uh, January of 2019, I believe. Um, I just, I continued to weigh the pros and cons and the, the, the pros outweighed the cons <clears throat> at the end, just for the sake of just how much uh, awareness and mm -hmm. education I could potentially uh, give um, just with, with Tret syndrome, because it's people have heard of Tret syndrome, mm -hmm. but they're not really aware of <clears throat> what it all entails. Right. You know, yeah. A lot of people just understand what Tret syndrome is just from, um, you know, what the media says. Right. You know, yeah. Actually, I, I had no idea until I started following you anything about it. Like everyone knows kind of the comedic, you know, misrepresentation right. of it. Yeah. Like and, the, the swearing and, and obscene gestures and everything. And that's, that's such a small, small portion of the, of the Tretz community that, that, mm -hmm. that does that. That's, um, I, I always butcher this word, coprolalia, I think is what it's called. And that's the, uh, the, the swearing and obscene gestures. That's what that's called in the okay. Tretz community, you know, and only like five, five or 10% of people with Tourette syndrome have coprolalia, you know? So again, just a very, very small population of people that actually have it, but the media latched onto that because that's the most, for them, the, the, the funniest part. Yeah. Yeah. Of, Funny of, and taboo. And you know, yeah, you, you take someone with that condition and you put them in a social setting. Oh my God, you got, you know, comedy for hours when really, I mean, that, that's such in poor taste, but that's what they went run with. Exactly. You know, so I, I decided yeah, just to bite the bullet and uh, officer Daniels has been a, a huge help, uh, in, in me starting my social media career. And I don't think without him, I don't think I would have been able to, to be where I'm at today mm -hmm. with, without mm -hmm. him. So officer Daniels, if you listen to this, thanks, man, <laughs> you know, and, and ever since then, it's just, it's, it's blown up more than I ever could have imagined. I mean, just mm -hmm. the, the amount of positive feedback and just the, the, the messages and comments <clears throat> from people, I mean, all over the world, you know, talking about, you know, the, the, with them with Tourette syndrome or their kids with Tourette syndrome and, and just how seeing someone with the disorder in a professional setting, yes, being successful, that's, that means so much to, to a lot of kids when, you know, they don't see themselves as, as normal you know i mm -hmm. use air quotes even yeah. though we can see it <laughs> right right but you know they don't see themselves as normal they don't think they'll ever be successful in life yeah. because of it <laughs> you know and and, that, and that's what i want to just show people and, and tell people you know especially kids is <clears throat> who cares who yeah. cares if you make noises or, or move extra it's if it's there's something that you want to do and something you want to succeed in go for it <laughs> right there's there's no reason you're not capable of doing that no matter what limitation or perceived limitation you may have exactly <laughs> so i mean it's just it's just been such a huge blessing just to be able to, to talk with people and, and and just be that 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 positive influence i mean something that <laughs> i never saw myself as uh you know on, until you know this started happening and even still it just it just blows me away yeah i've noticed a lot in the little time that i've been following you probably about a year now just all the different interactions you have within the law enforcement community the terrestrial community and beyond i've seen you i think you've posted in in your story a couple times how you've been involved in different international podcasts and things like that it's kind of giving your take on all of it that, that you deal with oh exactly you know and yeah i mean i've been approached by a, a tv station in portugal oh, that wow. was that they were they were doing a piece on on tretzner because 
even um you know across the world tretzinum is is very unknown or, or not talked about you know and especially um you know places over in europe like especially portugal it's not really well known they don't have uh you know like in in america we have the the tread association of america which um you know they they, they do a lot of research and and, and things like that and, and it's it's big in america other countries it's not so much so um you know they're trying to bring it more to the public's eye and it, and make more people aware of it and educated on that and educate people on it. So that was, that was really fun. Yeah. That's really cool. It's, it's always interesting to be able to provide different um, insight, no matter where you are in, in the country or, or in the world. And you obviously have such a unique or, or relatively unique perspective that it's really nice to share, um, which I mean, in all honesty, that's what brought me to you. That's why I, I've kind of, gravitated towards you first off everything you post is just good like i i just enjoy looking at your posts and, and no matter what it is i'm always like this is good and i share it um and then obviously i've learned a lot just from interacting with you so um how does it affect your work as a police officer you know in all honesty it really doesn't <laughs> the, the the biggest thing that i have to deal with being a police officer with Tourette syndrome <laughs> is telling people I have Tourette syndrome. Uh-huh, right. Like that's it. Um, you know, cause again, it's not normal <laughs> to have a cop or anybody really make the noises I do and the movements I do, uh, in, in any sort of setting. So, uh, a lot of people will just look at me, uh, you know, kind of strange or that's like, Hey, what's wrong with you? Or what, what do you got going on? Or do you have a breathing problem? Do you need some water? I mean, they'll ask just some sort of question in relation to the noises. And I mean, I just very matter of factly just tell them, it's like, yep, I got Tourette syndrome. This is my normal. You know, I, I make noises and I, and I move around. A lot of people understand that and we just move on. I mean, it's just, and we're done at that point. <laughs> so that's just, I just, like I said, I'm just very matter of fact about it. I don't make it a big deal because it's, to me, it's not a big deal. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not there because of my threats and I'm there because of a problem or an issue that needs solving or to, mm -hmm. to help someone. <laughs> so <clears throat> me having threats in is, is completely beside the point. <laughs> is there, um, <laughs> is there anything that, um, kind of makes your ticks more, prevalent or kind of relaxes them um yeah so what makes it more prevalent or what makes me extra ticky i guess you could say uh high stress high caffeine um just anxiety large groups of people uh things like that uh the things that relaxes them uh generally it's just relaxing myself yeah yeah uh, that's kind of the only thing I've really found that that helps relax them. You know, so if I'm just you know home alone, you know, just sitting down, they'll I'll tick less. But it's there's such there's such an ebb and flow with mm -hmm. with my ticks and and them. I mean, I'll have weeks where no matter what I do, I'm just extra ticky. Mm -hmm. And there are some weeks where I I'm almost thinking I'm just like. I have Tourette's in them, right? Because I'm I'm barely I'm barely ticking. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so like there's 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 a, there's a, such an ebb and flow and a give and take with Tourette's in them. It's just 
every week is different. So you just kind of wake mm-hmm. up and just be like, well, what's today going to be like? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so I guess my question off of that, though, you said that what kind of makes them worse or more prevalent or have, you have more ticks is high stress, anxiety, caffeine, and all of that is a nighttime police officer. So, yeah. <laughs> so very, very with, true. So with that, I mean, have you ever been in a, a high stress situation at work where maybe you couldn't get your ticks under control or you, you know, it kind of proved de- detrimental to whatever you were doing at work? So no. <clears throat> um, and another aspect of Tourette syndrome, um, a lot of people, I'm not going to say all, all people with Tourette syndrome, but a, a lot of people with Tourette syndrome, <laughs> When you become uh, intently focused on something, like super focused, mm-hmm. your ticks are actually going to suppress themselves uh, to the point, like for me, where I'm I'm barely ticking because I'm so focused on what's in front of me. Mm-hmm. You know, so like a lot of those high stress situations or hot calls, <laughs> there's a, a very elevated focus on a lot of those because you need to be aware of everything that's going on. You know, if you have your gun out or... <clears throat> You know, they're, you possibly fighting with a, a subject. Those suppress my ticks because I'm so intently focused on what's going on. Yes, the stress level could be high, but it kind of like equals the, equals everything out where I, I don't even notice myself ticking. It's never interfered with my job or any <clears throat> any hot calls that I've been on. Um, and then, like I said, and then when when I'm not when I stop that intense focus. Mm-hmm. And they just come back, okay. but they've, they've, they've never been detrimental to <clears throat> any aspect of my job. As far as your outreach, um, are you, uh, affiliated with any specific Tourette's groups or do you just kind of, whoever comes up to you, you kind of give your two cents and then move on. Yep. Uh, that's, that's pretty much where I'm at. I'm not, um, <clears throat> loyal to one group or another. I try to help out you know, any, any group that approaches me or, you know, like the, like I said earlier, the, the Tread Association of America is very prevalent in, in America, uh, just with their research on Tread syndrome and, and how they help, you know, adults and, and, and kids with the disorder. Um, you know, so I try to work with them in, in, in doing things and, you know, and, and we, 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 we each share a lot of our, our posts, um, just on social media. <laughs> um, but there, there's, there's a, a few other, um, I don't know what you guys wouldn't call them agencies, but there's a, there's a few other uh, organizations that <laughs> that uh, I I try to help out with. Um, mm-hmm. So I like I say I don't want to stick myself with just one one organization <laughs> and then just kind of ignore the rest. Yeah. When <clears throat> you know outreach is outreach, I don't care you know who who's coming to me if they if they want <laughs> my opinion or <laughs> my help with something, I'm going to be more than happy to do it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So I, I guess we'll talk more about work um, and, and we'll kind of go, I guess, away from the Tourette's talk. If you have anything or an idea that you want to share, go ahead and add that as well. Um, sure. You said you, you said you work in Minnesota. Yep. You work nights. Do you work for like a local town or a city or like county? What, what do you Yeah, I work for a, a small town in central Minnesota. I think our population is around that 3,300. Um, okay. so, so very, very, very small community. Um, but that's that's what I like. You know, yeah, I'm, a, yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a small town guy. I'm a country kid. Um, yeah. Just big big cities have never been my thing. Um, <laughs> you know, obviously big cities are going to be more interesting. You're going to be more busy. Uh, you're probably going to see a lot more things. But <laughs> every town needs a cop. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I've been so I was from a town with uh, two traffic lights. 
we had more gas stations than we did traffic lights. And um, so to come to Florida and I now work in one of the like medium sized cities. Uh, when I got hired, I think in 2015, 2016, we were like the top most violent small cities in America or Florida. Oh, you know? okay. Yeah. And I, it was a major culture shock to me because I didn't come from that environment at all. Like I was not around crime. Um, okay. Yeah. So I'm much more in the small town kind of vibe that you're talking about. So you are, you said you work patrol. Yep. Yep. Work patrol. Do you guys have uh, specialized units? Uh, no, but so our, our town for, for its size, we do stay fairly busy. We do have a, a decent amount of, of, of crime in our, in our community. So we are trying to get, <clears throat> more specialized units i guess you could say you know the investigator type stuff because right now we investigate all our own stuff mm, okay you know so even if that investigation takes us a long time to do we still got to do the investigation plus respond to calls and do everything else in patrol so it it, it makes things difficult at times just to try to manage all of that stuff right but yeah i mean you know how it is with every police department across America, you have to get funding and they don't want to give you funding. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Especially at this moment in time. Right. <laughs> There's no such thing as funding for police, but it's, I get it. And I know I talk to a lot of people on social media that work for the smaller agencies. They're like, Oh yeah, we investigate our own, but I'm so used to being so busy that that's not even a thing, you know, like right. you get an incident, you ship it off to a detective and then you may see it again. You may not. I remember one time I responded to a hit and run call. This car was absolutely destroyed and it ended up being stolen and the guy took off running. So I followed the car to the record yard and I was swabbing it. Like I was, I was doing what you're saying, you know, I was following up on my own case, but then we just got bombarded with more calls and I have no idea what happened with that case. You know what I mean? Yep, exactly. <laughs> Is it uh so what kind of career aspirations do you have in, uh, in your department or in your career? I I'm completely fine with patrol right now. Um, you know, if, if things were to come up later in my career, if I felt like it was appropriate to, you know, at that time to take, then I would take it. Otherwise, like I said, I could, I could retire at patrol um, and be completely fine with it. Uh, I, I love talking with people. I love the work that I do. I love inter interacting with the community. Um, you know, so it's not like I would be upset <clears throat> if I ever had to change that. Gotcha. Also, at the same time, I hate paperwork. <laughs> In law enforcement, there's a lot of paperwork, but as you get, you know, into the more admin mm -hmm. um, positions, there's even more paperwork and right, right. less interacting with the community. So, like, there's that give and take. And <laughs> right. And as you kind of go up the ranks, it's the paperwork you're dealing with has far less to do with law enforcement than it does to people management and staff management and exactly basically, basically at that point you're just running a business you're not <laughs> yeah a, you know being being a cop basically um right. so i've got a question i haven't seen your uh temperature post recently but again i'm in florida i went outside just now <laughs> in shorts and a t-shirt what, what's it like working midnights in in you know the freezing cold is it that bad is it that miserable or are you kind of used to it <laughs> You know, for the most part, you get used to it, um, you know, except when it gets to those, like when we had that polar vortex two years ago, mm -hmm. where the air temperature was in the negative 30s, <laughs> there's, there's no getting used to that. That just, that was just miserable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and with, uh, with wind chill, I think it was negative 50, negative 60 uh, oh a couple God. of the days. 
And then, of course, um, for us, we still do vehicle unlocks, like when people lock their keys in their cars. Yeah, yeah. And it seemed like everyone and their mother locked their vehicle, locked their keys in their vehicle during that polar vortex. I don't know how many people <laughs> I had to go and unlock their cars when it's negative thirty out. Gloves don't really work. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, you try for a little bit, start to you know, your hands start to go numb. So you're just like. I'm going to go warm up real quick. <laughs> so it takes, you know, just that much longer to, to unlock a vehicle just because you're freezing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've seen videos of, I don't think it was Minnesota, but some cops doing traffic stops and they make the, the person sit in the passenger side seat just because it is so cold that it's easier just to right. conduct your interview on the side, which is crazy. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there's times that I've done that, uh, done that as well. I think like I say right now, currently it's actually, for Minnesota right now, it's pretty warm. It's uh, 38 degrees out right now. That's crazy. <laughs> if it, I think it got to 30 earlier in the week, and I was miserable. My entire <laughs> squad was miserable. Last year, um, I think it was like the middle of January, February, where we had to do a st- – my unit had to do a stakeout in an unfinished construction building. And okay. so there were no windows. We were up on like the fifth floor. Windy, cold, miserable for you know ten hours overnight. It was absolutely terrible. I, I, never again. I say that. I say that again. But you know, if my sergeant called me right now, I I would go do it. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, so we were talking moments ago about you know how crazy this year has been and uh, no funding for police. How has it been in your community? Uh you know what? It really hasn't been that bad. Um, we're, we're, we're far enough away from you know, the, the, the twin cities, Minneapolis and St. Paul, uh, where it, it, it really didn't affect us, uh, in any negative way. Um, our community for the most part is very pro law enforcement. I mean, you're never going to get a hundred percent, um, you know, people liking law enforcement, but that it is what it is. Um, but there, I did notice a lot more people, you know, coming up and, you know, shaking your hand and, and then, you know, thanking us for our, you know, for what we do and everything. And like, for me, I just always found that weird just because I'm an awkward person to begin with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just never know what to do. Like, what do I do with my hands? Like, what do I do? Like, <laughs> You're like, right. oh, like, oh, thanks. Yeah. You, know, just, you know, but I mean, just, to, I mean, and regardless of that, I mean, it's, it's still nice to see that, you know, our, our, for the most part, the community as a whole was still very supportive of us. Um, <clears throat> And, you know, like I said, nothing really changed or anything like that uh, in, in our community. So, I mean, I just continued to do what I do and just kept working. I mean, that's yeah. all you could do. I mean, I still had a, a, a city to patrol and, and, and serve, and I wasn't going to change how I do things uh, just because of, you know, what an officer down in the cities did. Yeah, it's... um. It is awkward when someone comes up to you and is like, Hey, thanks for what you're doing. And I'm like, I'm, you know, it's my job. Like, it's what I signed up for. It's not, you know, yes, what we do is important and it's significant and all that other stuff, but it doesn't feel that way when you're at work. It just feels like, Hey, I'm at work, you know? Yeah, exactly. You know, you you went 10 H or you went to in service and now you're doing what you're supposed to be doing or you just, you're doing what you love. And you know, I, I, I love law enforcement. I love going to work. I love interacting with people, you know? So it just, it never feels like work a lot of times right. just because right. I like, this is the, one of the only jobs I've ever had where I still wake up and love going to work. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, you can definitely have bad days, but as a whole, oh, absolutely. Yep. 
yeah, as a whole, it, it's still just, I'm still just as excited to go to work than day one when I started. It's just, you know, you, you might get into a riff with like someone at work or something at work, but as a whole, there's a, you know, I still enjoy doing it. So yep. as far as work goes, what kind of calls do you enjoy going to the most? Um, pretty much all of them. Yeah. You know, I like, I like the nighttime calls just because, you know, those are, those are a little bit more interesting. Those are going to be, you know, your little bit more violent calls, I guess you could yeah. say, or the ones that, that I guess need more critical thinking uh, to help solve or to help, you know, figure out. I mean, for, for us in a small town, the daytime calls, I just, I just hate daytime calls. You know, a lot of times there there's civil issues or yeah. their or their neighbor disputes where just the neighbors can't act like adults and just talk to each other. Yeah, you need to come over there and you know tell Ginny that she needs to move her garbage can because it's in the way of the driveway or something. Like yeah, that. E exactly. But yeah, and again, instead of the, just them talking to each other like like adults, yeah, they either shout at each other or they just don't talk to each other at all, and then we get called. Yeah, I just I'm just. That gets old real quick. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> if you had to pick one call, though, that you absolutely despise working, what would that be? Civil issues. Anything, yeah. anything civil, because they think it's illegal and that, that we should do something about it. <laughs> and no matter how much you explain it to them that you physically cannot do anything, yeah. they don't understand it. <clears throat> For me, it's always like landlord tenant issues. Like when someone's over there and like, you need to kick this guy out. I'm like, all right, well, I'm not going to. So yeah, that, that, that's not how this works. <laughs> right? That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. No, I am not the Gestapo. I'm not going to tell someone to leave their house just because they pissed you off or, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, and like even even still, like, especially with like the landlord tenant issues, you know, I tell the landlord, I'm like, I'm assuming you probably have an attorney because you own a lot of properties. Talk to your attorney. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's going to help you. He or she is going to help you in regards to evicting somebody. I'm not kicking anybody out. Right. Yeah, that, that's not my job. <laughs> right i've always i get frustrated when it's kind of like the verbal agreement landlord tenants like you know oh i let my buddies come stay for a while and then he never left so now the police need to kick him out because he's trespassing mm, not quite i don't yep. know how the uh trespassing laws and the uh residency laws are up there but they favor the guest more times than not so it's yep. like yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of it, you know, like squatters' rights uh -huh, and yeah. things like that. It, it seems like, yeah, the, the 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 guest or the person has more rights than than the landlord or the owner of the house. Yeah, it just, it just is what it is at that point. And it's just, I didn't make those rules. Like they always get mad at us because we can't do anything about it. I'm just like, I wasn't there. Like they didn't have to <laughs> ask me. Right. You know, it's just talk to the state. You know, figure things out. You know, like I can't do anything. And you right. Know, you, you can only be as so apologetic. It just comes to the point where it's just like, I've told you everything that I know. Mm -hmm. Just now it's, the ball's in your court. <laughs> right, right. And you have to, of course, approach it diplomatically. You can't just be like, I'm leaving. <laughs> I mean, at some point it comes to that, you know, that state. Oh, exactly, exactly. Like you, you've helped them as much as you can. They're not understanding it. So it's just like, I've told you everything I can. You got to figure it out. 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah. And I always like the ones where you're like, you say that and they're like, all right, well then I'm just going to kick them out. I'm like, listen, if you touch this person, then I'm going to take you to jail and then they're going to have your house. Like, what do you want to, what are you trying to accomplish here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like don't assault somebody. <laughs> like that's, it's not going to be beneficial for anything. <laughs> right. Right. I had one where uh, a lady took a cast iron frying pan to her guest's head and I'm like, I, I cuffed her up and I'm like, really? Like we were here an hour ago. You couldn't have just like done something else. You had to go with the not the mama approach because it obviously didn't work. Not the mama, 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 not the mama. You do that one more time and I'm going to throw you across the room. Not the mama. Yeah, exactly. And cast iron is heavy too. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. Right. So she had to get the felony. I'm like, now, now they're going to, you know, ramsack your house because you have to go to jail for a while. Yep. So exactly. (laughs) Well, man, I really, uh, I appreciate this call, this talk. I think we've really talked about a lot. Is there anything that you would like to add about police work, Tourette syndrome, all the above that I haven't covered that you'd like to share with everybody? Well, I was just going to ask, um, due uh, due to COVID and everything, uh, how is your department approaching, you know, are they taking everybody in on arrest, uh, warrants, and things like that? Because I know things have changed substantially uh, up here because of that. Yeah, so it started at first when when COVID was starting. I remember I arrested a guy. He went to the jail. They took his temperature. This is before the lo- the first lockdown. Okay. But they took his temperature, and because he was over 100, I think – which, mind you, this guy was out in the sun all day, so it was probably a, a false positive or whatever. But just temperature alone, they kicked him out. They said, nope, I know it's a lawful arrest. He's not coming in. Yeah. So we had to change his uh, arrest affidavit to a to a notice to appear, and we cut him loose. It was for a misdemeanor, no big deal. They were still accepting felonies, but at that point, they would take him to the hospital for clearance for a temperature. Yep. And then, and then that. But now, things are basically back to normal as far as day-to-day work. Really? But yeah, but when they get to first appearance, unless it's like a violent uh, offender, they're they're basically ROing everybody or release on over cognizance. Um, there's a lot more probation going on. There's a lot more like if you, even when you get sentenced, they're going to choose probation over in custody time. Okay, so. Like, which is very frustrating for us because you see these repeat offenders coming back out and they're really repeating. Right. Uh, so how has it been up there? So we're uh, we're in another lockdown. Uh, the, okay. the governor decided to lock the state down again. Uh, so as of right now, we have no more jury trials until like February of next year. <laughs> oh, wow. They're not taking anybody in the jail unless it's a crime against a person. So it doesn't matter what the felony is. If it's not a felony against a person, it's long formed. Wow. Yep. So DWIs, uh, we've had people, you know, flee from a police officer. That's uh that's a felony in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um they're they're just released. <clears throat> and that's uh crazy. warrants too. So every warrant, if it's our county or the other county, it doesn't matter what level it is. <clears throat> Pretty much got to call the jail, find out if they'll take them, and nine times out of ten, they won't. Wow. That, that's crazy. We had we had a guy with an out-of-state warrant um, on the run for a long time. We caught him. It was a nonviolent warrant, and 
they were and and it was full extradition. Okay. But we called and they would not accept him. They said, yep. "Nope, it's it's nonviolent. It's he's out of state. It's been for this long. He's obviously not doing too bad." <laughs> and, and we're like, "Yeah, because no one found him, but we did." Like, yeah, like he take him back. Yeah, he's right here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like right now I'm working in a drug unit and it's probably the most frustrating thing because you put together a really good case and no one wants to do anything with it because it's nonviolent no, or uh, right. victim. And it's just like, no, it's not. Like they're breaking into all of our stuff. Can you please take them off the streets just for a little bit longer? Right. Yeah, just nothing's happening. Yeah, so no, like- I took a guy – we took a guy in – he's been a target of ours for a while. He, his rap sheet literally is 200 pages long. I mean, it's a book. Holy cow. Uh, yeah. We got him and he scored, I want to say five years in prison, state prison. Okay. And they gave him 120 days in county jail. That's it. Oh, geez. And then, yeah. And it was because of COVID. They didn't want him to stay inside. I'm like, and, but you know, of course, when he pled to the judge, he was like, Oh no, I'm, I'm done with that life. And not at all. Yeah. repeat offenders will stay repeating unfortunately yep it's not especially when you become that institutionalized like there's no way for them not to because one reason you know their job prospects are just shot and then they got to make money they got to eat they got to feed their habit exactly very frustrating yep and that's kind of law enforcement in a nutshell just frustrating at times (laughs) it is it is there's a And people get frustrated with us, but at the end of the day, it's not us. You know, we're here, we're busting our tail every single day. Yeah, I mean, we're but... we're just like that first cog in the whole machine. You know, exactly. we, we, we do the work that we can do, but then it gets passed on to the judges and the attorneys. And that's really where, where you know, the things happen, whether they go or they stay or they get released or they have bail. It's just, you know, we have no part in that. We do, yeah. we do what we can with the information we have, and then we pass it along. Right, right. You know, and we hope. No, go ahead. Oh, and it just seems like, but then more often than not, because we're the most visible, mm-hmm. we kind of get the brunt end of, of everything. I mean, I don't know how many times people have complained or, or you know, yelled at us, the law enforcement, mm-hmm. for, for something that we had no part in. I'm just like, well, that, that's that's the court system. That's the attorneys. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, we have nothing to do with that. Yeah, I had a I had a lady come up to me yesterday. We were serving a search warrant, and uh, a neighbor comes out and goes, "Oh, well, you guys are getting these guys, but you're doing nothing for my uh, ex, my daughter's ex, who's doing yada 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 yada." And I'm like, "Well, maybe we are. Like, I don't know. I've never dealt it, but don't come getting me and saying I'm not doing nothing." Like, yeah, exactly. And then, and you know, you, you never know where in that court system was the fail because if he's been arrested in the past then we've done our job like and more times i heard my neighbor the other day he was saying that a lot of people when they get out of jail or they're found not guilty it's not that they didn't do it it's just that there was a loophole there was some kind of case law that made the whole thing fall apart and it's just right it's so frustrating when it gets to that point exactly here's all the evidence but because of one little thing this guy's getting out. Yep. And that's just, I mean, unfortunately, that's just the game. I yeah, mean, it's just, it if you have a good attorney or if, yeah, just somebody didn't do something correctly or something was done inappropriately. You know, that, right. And that, not even like inappropriate to the point of, Ill- you know, illegal. Right, right. Right. Yeah. It was just, yeah, it just didn't fit whatever, you know, was happening at the time. And just, yeah, they walked free. I mean, it's just, 
that's just law enforcement, I guess. Yeah, it is. It's, it's the game. Like you said, it's the game. It's the game we all play. It's criminal justice. It's, it is what it is, you know, but it's still fun. It's still rewarding when something does go. I just found out from the streets. I didn't, I got to look it up to verify it, but I ended up making a stop sometime last year and I found, and the guy was on federal probation and uh, we arrested him for what he was on probation for. And I just heard through the grapevine that he got life in prison, federal prison for it. Oh, geez. So, yeah. So if that's true, I mean, that that's a good rewarding feeling. So sometimes you get a win and you're like, all right, this is why I'm doing it. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> all right. So this has been a great conversation. Um, I've learned more about Tourette's in this short conversation than I've known my entire life. So thank you very much for that. Oh, no, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me um, on. <laughs> Absolutely. So we're going to, we're going to wrap this up with signal three. So where I work at signal three is a hit and run. And that's basically the idea behind all these questions. Just don't think about them too much and just kind of go first thing that comes to your head. All right. Okay. All right, here we go. Uh, if you could identify as any sandwich, what would it be and why? Philly cheesesteak just because they're so good. Ah, they are so underrated. They are. If you find a good Philly cheesesteak sandwich, it's just I will gorge myself on them. Have you have you actually ever actually been to Philly and had a cheesesteak? I have not. Oh, okay. So it's on my I list. went. Yeah, I mean that's like one of the things you know you got to get pizza in New York, you got to get a cheesesteak in Philly, something like that. Um, I had someone, so I went there a few years ago, and there's two. I think it's uh, Pat's and Gino's. I think those are the two big places okay. i think the cheesesteak was invented somewhere so i but like they're across the street from each other okay so you go there and it's like you got to pick one yeah or i mean you could pick both but you know who's going to do that so i, I <laughs> yeah I, I probably would at this point yeah um so i did i did it and i posted on my social media and all my friends were like no you picked the wrong one and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> so i ate it and it was good i mean i enjoyed it but then someone goes listen you know, you always got to trust the locals. I think that's that's the key. Yep. And the locals said, listen, these two get the most notoriety because of X, Y, Z. But the one you really want to go to is here. And I'm like, well, you told me a day late. Like, yeah, like I'm so, not even over there anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was already back to Florida. But yeah, exactly. All right. Um, where's your dream vacation destination? Uh, Australia or New Zealand. Okay. It just, just seems like really fun areas and <laughs> – um, you know, New Zealand, especially just how pretty and, and everything is, you know, from, from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely. You know, just, the, the, uh... just the landscaping and everything like there. I just, that would just be, I would just love to go there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I've, uh, I haven't come to terms of being on an airplane for that long, so it's going to stay down on my list, but one day, one day I'll make it down. There. Oh yeah, I, I would absolutely go crazy and probably everybody around me would go crazy. <laughs> I'd be making noises for multiple hours, but... <laughs> yeah, right. I flew, I flew to uh, Ireland a few years ago and that was the longest I've ever been on an airplane and that was, that was a lot. So. I, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite movie? You know, I really don't have one. Okay. I just, I just, if I like, I'll just, I'll watch a movie. And if I like it, I like it. And then I'll probably never watch it again. Gotcha. Okay. So you're not one of those people that rewatch movies or. Not really. I, especially now, it just seems like with my, with my ADHD and everything else, I can't sit still long enough to actually fully finish a movie. Yes. Yes. 
podcast. So I'll watch part of it, then I got to get up and do something, or yep. you know, I just kind of forget that I'm actually watching a movie, and I still end up going into something else. Oh <laughs> so, God, I feel like I'm talking to myself here. <laughs> it, it takes My, me it takes me a while to watch a full movie. <laughs> yep, I watched uh, The Irishman, which was uh, Martin Scorsese's newest mob movie. It was it had Rob De Niro and Al Pacino. It was really good, but it's three hours long. Oh jeez. So, so it took me about a month to finish that. Movie. <laughs> I bet, yeah. Uh, like that's why I haven't seen the Lord of the Rings movies. That's why I haven't seen uh, what's that other one? Wolf on Wall Street. Like oh, those yeah. movies are just so long. Like that is a long commitment for me. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it, it, it takes a hot minute to to watch it. But yeah. you know, it is what it is. I find other things to entertain myself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what is your go to day off drink? Uh, right now it's just been water. Yeah. Are you not a big alcohol guy? Uh, no, not really. Uh, just for me, I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll have some drinks every once in a while, but I've just noticed with my ticks, uh, when I start drinking like the first, first probably about three to five drinks, um, my ticks just increase. Like they just, they just go absolutely crazy. Okay. And then, then they kind of like, they just then like fall off. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, that's that's probably the uh, was it like a neurological suppressant, right? Like so, it yep. kind of. <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, but still that that ramp up with all the ticks, and it's like ah, I just don't want to deal with that. It's so. just not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is one of your most embarrassing bonehead rookie mistakes? <laughs> um, <clears throat> so this would have been the first first year I was in law enforcement, my very first DWI. <clears throat> Uh, and it was a it was a urine test, <laughs> and I had a, a veteran officer with me, and he is known for for messing with the new guys. I was aware of that, <clears throat> but he had me convinced that. <clears throat> so the the urine test and all the paperwork and everything go inside a cardboard box, and then it has flaps that needed to be wet to fold <laughs> in to seal it. If you can see where this is going, so he's yeah. like, "No, you got to lick them." <laughs> <laughs> so Very i nice. i licked the envelopes or the, the tabs <laughs> on a urine kit and he just oh it was it was embarrassing there was nurses and doctors and everything around <laughs> i still had no idea what was going on and yeah that was that was embarrassing <laughs> that's awesome that's a good one um when you're working on duty where's your favorite place to hang out <laughs> dark parking lots and nobody drives up to me <laughs> <laughs> or uh, I, I like to go to dispatch too. I always like to <clears throat> harass my dispatchers and, and have fun with them. Or we go and get nice. snacks. And of course, <clears throat> a dispatcher is nothing without their snacks. Let me tell you. Exactly. <laughs> but then again, so are cops. Cops have their di- a lot of snacks. So. Exactly. <laughs> I know we get on dispatchers for it, but if you check any cop's car in the middle of the night, he's got a bag of something there that he's munching on. Yep. So. All right, let's see. What was your high school mascot? Uh, a Mustang. Okay. Okay. Um, favorite donut flavor? Favorite donut flavor? Uh, it'd either be just like a, a straight sugar donut or a glazed donut. Okay. Very, very basic. I like it. But those are, so those good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, energy drinks, coffee, or something else? Um. So uh, either one just kind of depends on what I'm feeling. But again, because caffeine affects my ticks so much, oh, okay. I limit myself to one 
one a day. <laughs> oh, so it's okay. either one cup of coffee or one energy drink. And generally it has to be like right at the beginning of the shift because that doesn't really increase my ticks too much. Um, would I like more caffeine? Yes. But just not very advantageous to uh, the amount that I tick if I were to have more than one. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay, if there's a big moment or you're going into a big situation, what is the song you want to play? What's your walk-on song? Uh, I think the cops theme song is always be always entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. I have so speaking of bonehead rookie, rookie mistakes and the cop theme song. I was once working a dead body call, and it was in a nursing home, and the um, family was there. They were you know saying goodbye or whatever, and I was in training, and my phone started to go off, and my ringtone at the time was the cops theme, and. <laughs> I had to grab my phone, turn it off, and I rushed out the door, and I felt so bad for that family, but my trainer pulled me to the side later and goes, uh, yeah, we're going to have to document that. I was like, ah. <laughs> it doesn't do too well with uh, community uh, relations. I was like, well, it wasn't like it was on purpose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, too funny. Yeah, it was, it was bad. Uh, what was your childhood dream job? Uh, surprisingly, police officer. Yeah? Yep. I've noticed that's more and more and more the trend that people that wanted to be cops were cops since day one. Yep. Um, if you weren't a cop, what would you be doing? Uh, probably like a meth dealer. I mean, it seems like they do pretty well. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, no, probably something in the, in the medical field. Yeah. Um, I always said that I would be like a paramedic or something if, uh, right. Work out. Yeah. I mean, still something fast paced, fast moving. So be able to help people right. interact with the community and everything like that. So that's something that, yeah. And it, you have to really think for it. It's a lot like law enforcement just applied differently. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Who is your favorite Looney tune? <sighs> Probably Bugs Bunny. Um, what is your proudest moment in law enforcement? <laughs> oh, geez. I have to think about that one actually. <laughs> Just anytime someone comes up and, and thanks you. <clears throat> like, um, I said this in one of my uh, <clears throat> Instagram Q&As. Uh, someone asked that. And uh, <clears throat> just one of them that I could remember off the top of my head is somebody that I had arrested. Um, I think once or twice or just multiple times that I've arrested this person. <clears throat> and uh, he approached me, you know, months later and, and thanked me for arresting him for the last time because it finally like it's finally clicked with him you know yeah. it's like what the hell am i doing with my life right, you know, right. so he was actively making changes to 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 better himself and and better his situation to to get out of the the lifestyle that he was living you know and it's that was just kind of a, a you don't hear that very often uh we right. with people that you arrest and everything so it was especially just, the, the repeat ones exactly you know so it was just a a feel-good moment i guess you could say for <laughs> for that so <clears throat> absolutely uh if you could share a meal with one person dead or alive that you've never met what would it be or, i'm sorry who would it be and what would you order ah <sighs> That is a solid question. <laughs> I guess it. <clears throat> I would probably choose a really basic meal, or actually Burger King. I would do Burger King because okay, that is like one of my guilty pleasures. Like when I really want to not have a healthy meal, <laughs> I get a Burger King, <laughs> and I would probably do it <clears throat> with one of my ancestors, the very first ones that came to America from Prussia. <laughs> okay. I just hear hear that life story. 
<laughs> yeah, that would be really cool. I've gotten into Ancestry uh, last year for a Christmas gift. Someone gave me an Ancestry.com uh, subscription. So okay. at least once a week I go on and I try to like go deeper and deeper and deeper. And I've reached like the 1700s in some of the lines. And like, you know, I've seen like my Polish ancestry. I've seen my Italian. It's really just interesting. And like, it's really cool when you can find the addresses of where people used to live and you like Google them and see what they are now. And it's like a right. flower shop or a, or a barbershop. It's just crazy. right. Yeah. Cause I, I've done that on ancestry too. And, and yeah, just seeing your, 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 your ancestors from, from back in the day is, is, is really unique. Like, uh, right. like mine came over from, like I said, Prussia uh, in the early 1800s. Oh, you know, wow. So anything past that over in that area, you know, who it's knows? all a mystery. It's all a mystery. You know, I just, yeah. I can't speak or read German very well, <laughs> so to, to to dive any further into it would be would be pretty difficult. Yeah, <clears throat> and yeah. and that and it's just um our my last name changed when they came over to America. Okay, yeah, mine as well. It actually changed like two or three times until it finally stuck with what it is now. And then also everybody was using. I found out everybody likes to use their middle name as their first name. <laughs> yes, I didn't notice that. Yeah. <laughs> So trying to find someone that you're related to, you're just like, okay, well, now I guess maybe I should try their middle name as their first name. And then you actually do find some more information. Yes. On it. But yeah, it's, 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 it's really interesting and unique just to like, just to see how, what life was like back then. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good one. Um, what's the best piece of advice anyone has ever given you? Don't sweat the small stuff. It's yeah. as simple as that. Just don't sweat the small stuff. Life's too short and gen half time. If you sleep on it, you wake up and you're wondering why you were sweating it to begin with. Oh, for sure. <laughs> or even, you know, you think about what your worst day last year was and it has nothing to do with what you're dealing with today. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Now, if you were given a do-over, what is something in your life that you would do differently? I don't know. I actually have no idea. Okay. Just because... You're not... I, I like to think of everything that's happened in my life so far as, as a life experience to get me to where I'm at right now. Right. You know, so why do over something when that could have potentially affected, you know, other things down the road. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of, yeah. You know, so I just, I don't look at things. It's like, Oh, I wish I could do that over. Maybe at the time I might've thought that, but in the grand scheme of things, that's life. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. very true. What's, made me who I am today, I guess you could say. <laughs> no, you're right. That's a good one. Uh, what is your favorite late night snack? We're talking unhealthy, guilty pleasure here. Oh, literally anything. Uh, ice cream, especially. I'm, I'm a huge, I, got, I have a huge sweet tooth. Um, and a lot of times when I've been eating healthy for a long time, <laughs> uh, I just get cravings for ice cream. Love ice cream. Mm -hmm. <laughs> favorite flavor? Uh, anything with chocolate or caramel. Okay. Or coffee flavor, uh, you know. So yeah. pretty much, pretty much anything. I, I, I don't discriminate. <laughs> Very good. All right, last one. If you okay. were stuck in a foxhole, who would you want to be trapped with to help you get out? A ladder. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work. All right, man. I uh, I appreciate you coming in and uh, having spend this time with me. Go ahead and plug any of your social media that you want people to check out if they want to learn more about you or Tourette syndrome or all of that. Yeah. So my handle on on any social media is Tretzkop. I made it super simple and easy. Tretzkop, all one word. Um, that's for YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat. I'm f fairly active in most of them. 
sometimes I get lazy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thank you very much. And uh, you're about to get ready for work. So be safe and uh, have a good shift and take care of yourself. Appreciate it. Thank you. You as well. <laughs> and we will be right back. And with that, I'm back. I want to thank the Tourette's Cobb once again for taking some time and talking with us and uh, really enlightening me and hopefully all of you about his life and how he has learned to live with Tourette's. I thought it was very interesting and definitely not something that I've been exposed to up to this point. And really, that's one thing that I really try to do and accomplish with this podcast is to first off show you how other cops around the country and hopefully one day the world live and also different and healthy ways that we can unwind from this hell of the world that we're living in. So, uh, you know, hopefully you got some value out of it. Go check him out, Tourette's Cop, on all those different social media platforms, he said. Um, now we're going to do something that we haven't done in a minute. Uh, we're going to check the voicemail and let's play one of the voicemails that I have waiting for me in the hopper. Hello, no one is available to take your call at this time. Please leave a message after the tone. Hey, yo, uh, I was on this, uh, this thing that I got on my phone called the Instagrams, you know, that, that thing while well, I was, uh, I was going through watching the stories and they said, uh, to call call the the ten eight podcast. So I said I, I opened the window up, I said, Hey yo, ten eight podcast but uh nobody answered. That's usually how I call people. So uh then I saw there was a number here and uh I decided to call it. So hey yo this is the ten eight podcast. You should uh go check out caffeine and sarcasm. And I want to give a thanks to Rocky Balboa, a.k.a. Logan Campbell, for that one. Uh, If you guys aren't already and you want to listen to another amazing police podcast, say that ten times fast, police podcast. Nope, can't do it once. Um, Go check out Caffeine and Sarcasm. Uh, That's his show, and uh, we're going to have him on the show, uh, I think, end of January, beginning of February. So uh, definitely keep an eye out for that, or an ear out. Yeah. And, uh, and I, yeah, it's going to be good. We, uh, if you've never followed officer Campbell on the Instagrams, as he says, um, we are through our conversations. I've noticed that we are very much alike in a lot of different ways. Um, so I can't wait to actually have a public conversation with him. And, uh, you guys see that we're just two dorks in the same pod. All right. So thank you for that voicemail. Officer Campbell, I uh, I thank you for calling in. If you want to call in, if you want to give your two cents, you can leave a review. You can be silly. I really don't care as long as it's not grossly inappropriate because then I will just delete it. Give me a call. Leave a voicemail. It doesn't even go to my phone. It goes straight to the to the voicemail app, and, uh, and I'll play it on a future episode. The number. Ready? Get your pens out. 
If you even have a pen anymore, 352-610-1692. You can say who you are. You don't have to. You could leave a comment, leave a review, ask a question. I don't care. Just do it, and uh, we'll see how it is. So, once again, 352-610-1692. I don't know why I'm repeating that, because you have the ability to go back and listen to that again. But that's okay. That's fine. You're special. Anyway, today's Code 4 check uh, isn't so much a mental health check, though I do want you to go ahead and just take a second and check in with yourself and make sure that you're good and, and all that. And if you're not, you know, go check out uh, Project 109, go check out Copline, all those different resources that I've talked about in the past. I actually want to see today as a call to action. Um, at this time, I want to read two quotes from Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Um, we've talked about stoicism ad nauseum, but... These are two quotes that I really want to go into. Um, I have an app on my phone. gives me stoic quotes on the daily. And these two jumped out at me. I've heard them before. But first one. When you wake up in the morning, tell yourself, the people I deal with today will be meddling, ungrateful, arrogant, dishonest, jealous, and surly. They are like this because they can't tell good from evil. But I have seen the beauty of good and the ugliest, ugliness of evil. And I recognize that the wrongdoer has a nature related to my own, not of the same blood and birth, but the same mind and possessing a share of the divine. And so none of them can hurt me. No one can implicate me in ugliness, nor can I feel angry at my relative or hate him. We were born to work together, like feet, hands, and eyes, like two rows of teeth, upper and lower. To obstruct each other is unnatural. To feel anger at someone, to turn your back on him, these are unnatural. So basically what I took away from that is from a law enforcement standpoint, listen, we are going to deal with nasty people daily, hourly, by the minute. It happens. We can't, we have to be above that. We cannot sink down to their level. We can't get petty. We can't get angry. This is a job. Okay. You know how they all go take off that badge and see what happens. Okay. But let's let's be honest. If you met me without a uniform on, you wouldn't have this animosity towards me, right? That something would have to lead to that. I've seen people who have turned out to be gang members, but I've seen them in convenience store, shopping market, whatever, not doing the nastiness they've done when I wear the uniform. So, do not be implicated in ugliness. Don't feel angry. Work together. Even, listen, we're doing a job, and though we disagree with it, they're doing a job. The bad guy is doing a job in his mind. He is breaking in that car because he needs money. He needs to do something. So we are doing it. It's cat and mouse, catch and release. Think of it that way. You know the old Looney Tune? You got the wolf and the sheepdog, and they fight each other the entire episode. At the end of the episode, they clock out. All right. Hey, Jim, I'll see you tomorrow. That's what it is. That's what I've always viewed this job as. So just think of it that way. And it's hard, especially in this current climate, but we have to train ourselves to be above that. And the last quote, this is, this is one, this is the call to action. This is the real call to action. Again, Marcus Aurelius from Meditations. At dawn, when you have trouble getting out of bed, tell yourself, I have to go to work as a human being. 
What do I have to complain of if I'm going to do what I was born for? The things that I was brought into this world to do? Or is this what I was created for? To huddle under the blankets and to stay warm? But it's nicer here. So you were born to feel nice? Instead of doing things and experiencing them? Don't you see the plants, the birds, the ants and spiders and bees going about their individual tasks, putting the world in order as best they can? And you're not willing to do your job as a human being? Why aren't you running to do what your nature demands? But we have to sleep sometime. Agreed. But nature set a limit on that, as it did on eating and drinking. And you're over the limit. You've had more than enough of that, but not of working. There, you're still below your quota. You don't love yourself enough, or you love your nature too, and what it demands of you. People who love what they do wear themselves down doing it. They even forget to wash or eat. Do you have less respect for your own nature than the engraver does for engraving, the dancer for dance, the miser for money, or the social climber for status? When they're really possessed by what they do, they'd rather stop eating and sleeping than give up practicing their arts. Again, that's Marcus Aurelius in Meditations. And come on, we've all had it. I had it this morning. The alarm clock goes off and it's like, ah, snooze. Ten minutes later, snooze. Ten minutes later, snooze. Okay, fine. Enough. Get up. Go to work. Do what you need to do. Get to the gym, go do your meal prep, go to work, do what you're supposed to do as a human being, what you were brought. Listen, everyone wants to say, oh, this isn't a job, it's a calling. Okay, let's go. Enough of this uh, pity party. Hey, I've said, I'll always say it. You're allowed a bad day. Pick it up and let's go. Let's get to work. That can be about anything you want to talk about. Fitness, nutrition, work, whatever. I always talk about having, I said uh, two weeks ago, have pride in your work. This is, this is it. This is what it's about. Listen, everyone's asking what Stoic books they should read or what Stoic philosophers they should follow as they begin their journey into Stoicism. Uh, Bill from the Stoic Cop and myself, and it's really starting to build this law enforcement and Stoicism connection, and I love it. Absolutely love it. I would say Marcus Aurelius Meditations is number one. If you want to get Ryan Holiday's book, The Daily Stoic, that's another good one just because it has a lot of quotes from the source material. But then go back and read the source material, and I think Meditations is the best to go. Two great quotes from Meditations, and I really hope you guys read into them a little bit more. Um, listen, I've talked in depth about Stoicism, and I wouldn't if I didn't truly study it and learn from it. And it's amazing the impact it's had on my life, and I really hope it has an impact on your guys' life if that's the way you want to go. I am not a big religion guy. Just never have been. Um, but stoicism and that philosophy has been for me. All right. And finally, before we wrap today, I want to tell you about a few partnerships that are coming up. First and foremost, I am happy to announce the following um, partnership. I want to announce that following the amazing success of my episode with Project 109, Stephanie and George are now partnering with myself. We are partnering with them. Um, so Project 109 and the 10 podcast is going to be streaming on their virtual platform. And once a month, our Cop Council episodes will now be co-hosted by them, um, and it will really be a great way to cross both platforms and really reach out on some good, solid mental health discussions out there that are really affecting first responders. I can't wait for it. Go to Project 109, sign up for the virtual platform for some exclusive content and mental help. It's free. I can't believe 
you know, you got to, you can't, how do you pass this up? Instead of spending money, hey, if you want to donate, absolutely go for it. But they're amazing people. It's an amazing opportunity. I cannot wait for our first episode of the Cop Council with them. It'll be uh, January 7th, so stay tuned for that. Um, secondly, this Saturday, so in a couple days, I will be appearing on the Books Behind the Badge podcast with Brady Tucker. Um, we talked for an hour, and seriously, it felt like I was talking to a buddy of mine. You know, like we, we've talked a bunch on Instagram, but this felt like I was talking to an old buddy of mine. Um, we had such a great conversation. Uh, you can learn a little bit about me, about what happens behind the curtain of the workings here at 10 8. Um, again, it'll be this Saturday. Go follow Books Behind the Badge on Instagram. He His podcast comes out on Saturday, he said. So don't miss it. It was absolutely great. And, and, and it'll, I hit my mic, but it, <laughs> it'll be great. You'll enjoy it. Um, with that, that concludes our episode. So, um, that's it. Please check us out next week for a special Christmas Eve episode where I'm joined by two new meme alerts. It's going to be Cop Stash and Blue Line Grit. They're going to stop in and we're going to talk Christmas. We're going to talk humor. We're going to talk about everything and anything that comes up. Um, we're going to be having a good time. Got a few, uh, Christmassy things planned. The music for that day will be all kind of Christmassy, but the style that I like, um, I can't wait to share it with you guys. And then, uh, we're going to get ready for the new year, and uh, I've got so much planned, and hopefully um, it lines up. Listen, at this very moment, I don't have the music planned out for this episode. Check the description. It'll have all the music listed as always. So I know last time I didn't do that, and uh, people were blowing up my phone. Hey, what was this song? What was this song? Check out the description. They'll all be in there. I promise. All right, and that's it for today, guys. I really appreciate you guys listening. Rate, review, subscribe, tell everyone you know, tell your mom, tell your dad, we're super rad. Thanks a lot, everybody. Take care and be safe. 10-8, out. Good.